Hey everyone, this is Mike Flanagan from Inside Bowling. Thanks for listening to the show. On this episode, we talk things over with PBA Hall of Famer Randy Peterson. Randy and I have been friends for a long time as we worked together at Storm, and I actually got the chance to do some broadcasts with Randy, so this show was really special for me. Of course, you know Randy from the PBA telecast today, as he's been broadcasting for over 20 years as the color analyst on the PBA tour. Don't forget our show is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Head over to those accounts by searching Inside Bowling to watch the program and check our schedule for future episodes. If you're enjoying our show, do us a favor and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. It would mean a great deal if you did. And if you really like what we're doing here, head over to InsideBowling.com and check out our merch. You can save 15% with coupon code IBSHOW. Lastly, elements from today's show were intended for both video and audio. We apologize at some point in the show if you can't follow along. This is a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. So here we go. Here's our show, number six, with Randy Peterson. Hello, everyone. One past the hour on this beautiful April 20th, 2020. It's hard for me to kind of look past what we're going through right now, Matt, as we continue to experience a time in our lives that just feels so strange, doesn't it? So weird. It's so weird right now. You know, well, hopefully over the next hour, Matt and I can help take your mind away from what we're all experiencing together, which is COV-19, or better known as the coronavirus. And, uh, We've got a great show here for you today. I want to thank you listeners for all the support we've gotten over our last week's decision to come live on this show. Um, You know, we are broadcasting live on the Inside Bowling Facebook page as well as on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Inside Bowling. If you'd like to support the show, you can head over to our website at InsideBowling.com, pick up some merch. You can save 15% with coupon code IBSHOW. That's the new coupon code IBSHOW. We thought it was a little more appropriate than MF2. I'd like to invite all of you to get involved with our show today. Uh, It is going to be a good one here today as we do have one of the greatest bowlers of all time, uh, one of the nicest guys in bowling, one of the most entertaining as well. Uh, And I call him a dual Hall of Famer. Uh, He was a Hall of Famer as a bowler, and he's also a Hall of Famer as he's going into his 20th year of broadcasting on the PBA Tour. We'll be joined by color analyst Randy Peterson. So just an awesome guy and an awesome guest to have. We're glad that he's with us here on this Monday to share some light and enjoy his time with Matt and I. Matt, how was your weekend, buddy? Uh, did you do anything interesting uh, besides prepping for our show today? I know you've been working all weekend on that one. Yeah, no, uh, just really kind of relaxing, uh, enjoying some time with the family. It feels kind of like Groundhog's Day every single day. You know, you wake up and you're like, yep, we're still in quarantine here and still kind of bored. But again, safety is the priority here. So I'm just grateful that uh, 
that me and my family are safe and we're all just kind of spend some time together relaxing and uh yeah looking forward to the show every single day it was nice to have the weekend off though i must say i you know for people that are out there you know there's some like youtubers and just people in different spaces that do something every single day and it's really hardcore i can only imagine how exhausting this is because last week was just our beta testing week really and it still was a lot of work so i'm looking forward to what the show has uh in store in the future and uh yeah just grateful to be back on this beautiful monday did you happen to catch the biggest talked about uh, thing this weekend, which was the Michael Jordan documentary, the, the first two episodes? Did you catch that last night on ESPN? Yeah, I sure did. I sure did catch that. It was an awesome documentary. There's a lot of stuff in there that may not have just known, you know, like that probably, you know, didn't know. I didn't know that they had just came out and said, yeah, this is Phil Jackson's last year of coaching. He's not going to be part of the, the Bulls organization anymore, which to me is absurd, right? You have a championship program, right? Uh, one of the best teams ever assembled, and they're just like, yeah, no, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna get rid of you after the end of the season, and it's just, I mean, we'll we'll rebuild. It just yeah. seemed it seemed crazy to me. Great first two episodes. Really well done. Eight more to go, but uh, looking forward to seeing what they do there. It's like the whole world was just revolving around waiting for this documentary to come out. And then afterwards on SportsCenter, they broke down the documentary like by by each each little moment that happened throughout. It was, it's a very strange time in the world right now. That's all I can say about that. Yep. Yep. So speaking of uh, unbelievable uh, moments over the weekend. Uh, when Randy Peterson got back to us and said last week that he would join us on the show, uh, we're happy as hell to have him here. So let's bring him in, Matt. Let's oh, bring yeah. in Randy now. This is our guest this this fine Monday. Welcome, uh, welcome to the program, Randy Peterson. How you doing, buddy? Hey guys, how are you? I look a little dark. What happened? You do. I don't know what happened. You, uh, <laughs> yeah, you were fine. You got a little silhouette. <laughs> let me, uh, let me see if we can fix that. Hang on, I gotta. Yeah, yeah. I got I didn't I didn't change a thing. I paid the I paid the electric bill. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. Let me see if I can yeah, now you're turning. Bright, now you're, oh, bright, let me see if I can brighten this there up. Yeah. There's there's the money maker. <laughs> um let's see. Hang on. Stay with me. All right. There we go. Oh How's now that? there now we go. It looks like now we're cooking with fire. Okay. What's Randy, going on, guys? Welcome to the program, man. Thanks. Let me just get, uh, let me get steady here. And all right, there we go. Hey, thanks for having me guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You bet. I know you watched every episode last week in their entirety because you were texting me, telling me what a great program it was. I didn't see one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Honestly, Mike, uh, the first time I heard about it was when you sent me a text, asking me if I could be on the show. And I said, absolutely. That was the first I'd known about uh about your show so uh i think that you know with uh, the situation we're in we're, we're, a lot of us are doing this now and um you know we've got the this uh, uh what's it called uh, the morning bolt uh which i did a couple weeks ago um with uh del ballard and gary holzenberg and um there was even some talk about possibly uh having a a, a weekly randy peterson show calling calling it the peterson report or uh, the Peterson project or something like that. And then you got Barnes and Stu, you know, they're doing this, this as well. So, um, it's uh, different times we're living in. That's for sure. Yeah. You should do it, man. You should definitely do it. Uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I told Gary, Hey, I'm all in. Let's, uh, let's make it happen. So I think it would be awesome. 
Yeah, but those we, guys are doing over a storm right now. Doing them, they were kind of the ones that, that championed this whole program and got it going first. Uh, they were the first to doing this on a daily basis. You got to commend those guys over there for doing that. That's sure. True. Yep. Yeah, and I, I mean, uh, uh, the 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 morning bolts pretty pretty cool show, and all the people that get on there, and um, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's certainly something that I would love to do. Yeah. So um, so Randy, you just met Matt Farber for the first time right before the show. You guys had a virtual handshake. Did did that feel pretty satisfying to you? Um, no. How about you, Matt? I mean, it's Nothing. always it's always an honor to be in the presence of a legend. So I'll take any virtual. <laughs> Fist bump, handshake, whatever I could get. He knows I exist now in the in the world, so that's that's acceptable to me. There's nothing better than uh, than the human touch, bro. So uh, we'll just like uh, this will be just kind of a, a preliminary, and then once you know we get back on our feet, we'll we'll, we'll do the you know the man shake and stuff. So. Yeah, we'll we'll dap we'll dap it there up. There you go. Yeah, yeah, there you. Yeah, yeah I'll capture it on film for you too, so you guys will have <laughs> a memory that we can have forever. Yeah. Hey, sorry about the hat, guys, but uh, my hairdresser, she's uh, she's she's MIA right now. So are, she's. Are you kidding me? Look at the look at what I got going on right now. I, I'm going to be wearing yeah. a pants the rest of the week, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mike. Yeah, now that now that you you pointed it out, your hair does look uh, got a little wild side to it. Yeah, oh, it's definitely wild. That, that's Matt, <laughs> Matt, looks, Matt looks fine. He's he looks. Oh fine. yeah. Yeah. I just I, yeah I got lucky. I got a haircut right before this all started. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I only have one thing to say. Who, uh, who's freaking laughing at the Floby now? Huh? Yeah, yeah nobody. Yeah. Yeah, we're all <laughs> Gia pets too. So, Randy, let me ask you something. What, what, what have you been doing since this whole pandemic happened? Uh, what have you just been? Have you just been sitting at home? You been playing any golf? What are you doing? Just drinking heavily, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. So our club is still open, but they closed it to any guests. So it's just members. Um, and they, you know, put in a, a bunch of precautions, you know, you don't touch the flag stick. They got these little foam, um, uh, little foam uh, things in the, in the cups. So the ball doesn't go all the way down to the bottom of the cup. There's no sand rakes, only one per cart. Most of us have our own carts anyway. Um, and then, you know, there's no congregating. You, you, we basically go, we play our money game and then we leave. Um, the restaurant is in bars still open, but only to go. You can't even go inside. Um, and so everybody's done a pretty good job of, of, you know, just kind of staying away because I think we're all very thankful that we at least have something to do. Um, and a lot of people aren't, aren't that fortunate. So, um, but even with that, it's, I, I'm with Matt. It's like starting to get Groundhog Day. It's like, okay, what am I, well, I only have one thing to do today. All right, two, I can clean my place and then I can go play golf. I, I mean, and you can only clean so much. And I mean, so, yeah, it's, um, I mean, and, and I think that it, it's real easy to lose sight of how, how difficult this is on so many other people because I actually have something to do. And, and um, there's some people out there suffering so terribly right now. And um, obviously my heart and, my thoughts go out to those folks and hopefully, you know, this thing will, will be over with soon. Yeah. I hope so, man. Uh, take us back to, uh, to the world championship. Uh, tell us kind of what things were like in Vegas when all this started coming down, the PBA was making all these different moves. 
and then you had to broadcast a show with no fans. What was what was that whole experience like? Well, I, I'll take you. Uh, let's go back a, a couple of days prior to the telecast when I'm getting ready to get on a flight. So um, my flight was leaving from Orlando to Vegas at 7:30 at night, um, and so I was up, packed, um, and standing by the phone. So we first got a message that said, "Hey." We're not sure what's going to happen. And I'm like, well, my flight leaves at 730. And, and you know, of course, they're in Vegas. And I, I think that was the day they had the player meeting, uh, the players meeting. And, um, you know, all this kind of all this this fallout hit hit me all at once. So I'm packed for five shows, suits and ties and shirts and whatnot. And five minutes before I'm leaving for the airport, I get the call that says we're only doing one show and there won't be any fans. And so I was like, okay, so now flight arrangements have to be changed. Um, obviously, the accommodations were changed. And we get there, and, you know, Vegas was – South Point's one of the busiest hotel and casinos I've ever been in, and they were half full. You know, South Point's always got something going on. And even while we were there, they had something going on. They had um, – I think it was steer roping or some, you know, some kind of rodeo thing. And even with that, uh, the place was half full. And then, you know, we did our player interviews. We do the show the next day. And we had this nice podium out front uh, down by the lanes where Norm and Dave and I would sit, kind of do the pregame stuff. And then I think halfway through that, uh, we, we came back. You know, just that nice setting, that nice look, kind of similar to what we had um, at the uh, – uh, was it the team? Or was it the uh, – no, the playoffs. So um, to not have any fans there was weird, man. It was just like – but, you know, like the players, you just kind of get into the mode and, you you, you know, you go – it was a live show. Um, so you just kind of get into your game mode and you do your thing. Yeah, it was uh, it was bizarre. Uh, yeah. for sure. And then, and then Belmo at the end <laughs> hugged his opponent. <laughs> Were you thinking about that at all? Like I missed that. <laughs> missed it. You're so used to seeing that. Right. And, and it was, yeah, totally whiffed on that one. Um, I think with the, <laughs> the focus was so much on him winning in front of his family for the first time ever, you know, um, them, them all being there was pretty awesome and emotional. And we were all kind of, wrapped up in that i think we we all kind of whiffed on on um on the two hugging it out at the end yeah so yeah, uh, and you, uh go ahead mike no you're good you're good go ahead yeah i was just gonna ask you know belmo winning in front of his family for the first time ever in his career do you think that and having been an, an obviously an astounding player yourself do you think that having your family there to watch you for the first time puts an incredible amount of pressure on you. Do you think it helps because you obviously have all their support right then and there? Do you think it's somewhere in the middle? Where do you, how do you think that helps you or hurts you as a player? Well, I think it was much more pressure for him um, being that it was the first time, you know, um, his kids watched every shot he threw that week and that's on all the patterns and, you know, throughout the entire competition um, they were, they were living and breathing on every shot he threw. And, um, there was only one thing on his mind and that was to win in front, win for his family and win in front of his family. And now he had won uh, his very first title in front of Kimberly, 
uh, his wife, but never in front of his kids. And so I remember him telling me uh, via text afterwards that that was the most nervous he's ever been. Wow. Yeah, I can, I can, you know, um, in my young career of bowling on the lanes, I know it, it is weird. You know, it is weird having your parents watching there, watching be there. You know that they would never judge you for losing and be mad at you and call you a failure and all these things. I mean, at the same time, you know, you want to impress your, your family. You want to show that your family like, hey, outside the house, I'm, I'm still the man, you know, like I'm cool out here. And so <laughs> I think that that's a cool experience, you know, and I think a lot of people were like, oh, my God, whoa, you know, Belmo had an interesting season from the start where, you know, he kind of showed his first signs of actually being human. You know, he was making all these shows, but when he was showing up on the shows, he was struggling at first. And then he comes out the World Series and his family is there and he struggles, doesn't have a superb first block out there at the World Series. And so I think that it was great to see that he was able to, you know, just like like any other bowler, put that first round of the World Series behind him. And then he came out and he and he bowled great the rest of the week, made a historical run to get the top seed for the, the World Championship. Um, so it was great to see him go out there and have all that success. Do you remember what happened in the title match? Yeah. Yeah, is there a specific point that that you're referencing no, here? Tell me, just tell me because I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember who he beat. Yeah, um, that's that's funny. He beat he beat EJ. Um, okay, and yeah, and yeah. Uh, the it, match it, remember the match for Simo Simo almost made the seven ten, which was yeah, yeah. insane. And EJ was yeah. a tournament leader. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think that it, to sum up what what you were talking about, Matt, is that Belmonte has spoiled us, and he's our Tiger Woods. And, and it's like, you know, how many times did you watch Tiger um, in the, on the front page of the leaderboard on Sunday, and then not win? And you're like, oh, this guy's done. This guy's finished. What a hack! And then he turns right. around and wins. And he turns around, wins like three in a row. Or, you know what I mean? So it's uh, it's kind of the same. Um, it's kind of the same thing with Belmo, and we're so used to him winning, and winning is so difficult to do on television. Um, when you look at how many shows Walter Ray has has made in his career, and how many wins, you know, and, I mean, this guy's made. I think it's uh, he's bowled like I don't know, like fifty, like fifty five majors, and he's made the show in twenty eight of them. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. Um, so the one thing that did surprise me through that stretch that you're talking about was he actually publicly came out with a message kind of stating that mentally he was missing something. Yeah. And I was like, this is interesting. I mean, you've never heard this guy say stuff like this. And because typically mentally he's probably, he, he may be the best on tour, right? Um, right. So I, I thought that was very interesting. And then the very next week he wins. So I, I think that Belmonte is going to be great for as long as his body holds up and as long as he wants to do it. I mean, I, I could see this guy. I could, I could honestly see this guy winning 18 majors. I mean, he's, what is he? 37 years old, 36 or 37. Um, right. let's face it. Uh, the, 
nobody has proven yet that when Belmonte is firing on all cylinders, that anybody can beat him. He's just he's just that much better than everybody else. And I mean, when you're talking guys like EJ Tackett and um, you know Marshall Kent and um, you know you go down the list, I mean, these players are phenomenal. This this uh, Chris Prather kid, I mean, these players are phenomenal bowlers. But to have Belmonte when he's on be that much better is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's and, uh, hard to see from home, right? It's hard to see from home and to put it all into perspective and see how much better he is than everybody else. And even some of the guys on tour will admit it and they'll just say, dude, he's just, he's just that much better than everybody else that's out here. Yeah. And I'm sure as a player, when you were out there competing – you were, you know, you were coming out, you were on the scene before Belmo really obviously, you know, was doing, was doing any of this stuff. Was there anybody that you competed against that really kind of showed the same characteristics out on the lane as Belmo does right now? Oh, I think Weber was kind of like that. You know, Pete Weber was, was, was a bit like that. I was coming in as Marshall and Mark Roth and uh, Marshall, Marshall Holman were kind of on their way out. Um, but still competed against both of those uh, great Hall of Famers, and uh, um, you know you had you had Parker, who was Parker Bone the Third, who was just amazing. Um, but I, I would say that if there was one guy, it, it would probably have, would have been Pete Weber. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. Iconic, no doubt. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts? Any, any thoughts here on, on any of the things that we're, we're kind of well, shooting around here? Here's, here's my thoughts. Uh, whenever you're dealing with uh, technology, and we hadn't had an issue until today. Your oh, yeah. connection is a little weak, Matthew. Um, is it? Yeah. it's. Are you seeing that as well, Randy? Yeah. Yeah. So, Matt, I don't mm. know if you want to leave the stream and come right back. Uh, yeah, let me do that real quick. Because I want to make sure that your segments that you have for Randy is perfect. So uh, you might want to reestablish your internet connection there. Then the second thing is with technology is our stream went down on Facebook for whatever reason, but we are on YouTube. So we simulcast and we'll re-upload this to uh, Facebook. So we're, we're dealing with that with no problem whatsoever. But Matt, you've just been a little, uh, a little shaky there. So we'll let him figure that out. But uh, Randy, I want to talk to you about, uh, let's go back a little bit. You, you know, me being a, a bowling junkie guy, um, and growing up when I did watching bowling and watching guys like yourself and Weber and uh, Ballard and Ferraro and I mean the list goes on and on Wiseman and Voss and Walter and whatever I'll leave out people of course but uh, I had the honor when I was working at Storm of uh, because I did this broadcasting stuff you and I got to work together a few times and uh, I really enjoyed that time together do you remember the first time we worked together? Um, wasn't it at one of your events in St. Louis? It was the IB open. Yeah. The, the IB open. Yep. And do you remember, I was also running that event and you ran the, yeah, I, I, you ran the event. We did the, uh, the, um, the show, uh, it was, yeah, it was crazy. By the time we got, by the time I got to the show, I was so exhausted working on like no sleep and I was getting ready to work with you for the first time ever. And here I am pinching myself. Like I'm getting ready <laughs> to work with Randy Peterson. And do you remember on that broadcast, I was like, I wasn't quite myself to get started. And you on the first commercial break said, bro, just slow down. Do you remember that? Yeah. 
And then it, it wasn't too much uh, longer after that is when I pulled out the French tickler reference to, to, a, to a, a, a light shot that tripped out a bucket. And I had no idea what I was saying, but that goes down in history for me for a couple of reasons. <laughs> it was, it was an honor. <laughs> Number two, don't ever run a tournament and be the lead play by play guy uh, at the same time. Yeah, and that's then, rough. And then number three, we didn't know each other that well, but you you took the time, uh, number one, to come to the event, number two, to help me out when I was struggling. And uh, since then, I feel like, you know, we've, we've worked on several broadcasts together over the years. And yep. uh, I remember a bowl expo one year with Louie we met and Mike Chadwick. Uh, that, that beautiful storm booth we had, it was awesome. We did. That was, that was awesome. And then I remember uh, a few years later, we had Bo Burton come in and we did some work with storm together and you, uh, you, you anchored a couple sets there as well. Mm -hmm. It's just been fun over the years, having the opportunity to work with you. I learned a lot from you. Uh, so I just wanted to mention that to everybody that was watching that, uh, working with, with RP is always a blast. And those times in Vegas, we had some good ones, huh? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't, I can't <laughs> no, talk we've had, yeah. We had, we had some good, we had some good goes in Vegas. That's for sure. I, 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 I want to say that this one year, you you just kept everything you touched. You kept winning. Yeah, you just had a lot of cash and everything, and you'd bet on a game and you'd win, and you hit this game and that parlay. And every like every morning when I when I saw you to go to work, you oh bro, killed him again last night. Like jeez, <laughs> guy had just a a lot of money that could choke a horse, and it was like you were so hot that week. Yeah, and you know you bring back memories for me, but um, I I I don't think I've told too many people this. I'm going to say it publicly now. I have not placed a bet since uh, November of 2018. I decided to shut it down completely. And wow, I have, I have not placed a single bet. I play in a fantasy sports league still with my friends and stuff, but I've been focusing on my business and things have gotten a lot better since I've just dedicated myself to just enjoying sports for what it is and and uh, less distractions. It's been a it's been a good move for me. Lee Champion is exactly right. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. They have a new model now. Uh, well, they used to before they shut Vegas down. I don't know if you guys heard it. It's whatever you bring to Vegas stays in Vegas. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like Matt but, has his internet back working okay. Yeah, Matt, you're, Matt, you're much more handsome now. Um, Mike, wow. you, you kind of look a little, you got a little Dan Patrick look going with the professional mic in the, you know, the stand there and I mean, I'm feeling like uh, I'm feeling like I'm still back in the '80s with dial-up AOL internet here, and you're just all like all decked out. Yeah, well, um, now my head's not going to fit through that door. You can see. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, Patrick is is my idol. I love that guy, so I appreciate I appreciate the reference very much. But Matt, I think you've got I think you've got some things uh, queued up here, some technology things that we can go over with Randy that I think our, uh, our fans of our show will really enjoy. So what do you got for us first? Yeah. So, uh, so first, actually, I think, I think we're just going to dive into it here, actually. Um, you know, Randy, do you want, do you want to do some bowling or do you want to do some, do you want to do some fun first? Oh, you know, I'm all about fun. All right. So let's just jump in here with the fun, Randy. And, um, we know it's been a little bit since you've been on TV. We've got this quarantine thing going on. We don't really know when we're going to be able to get back on the lanes, when the PBA is going to fire back up. So we want to make sure that we can help keep your broadcasting and commentating skills as sharp as they possibly can. And I'm not sure. Have, do you follow Joe Buck on Twitter at all? I, I don't follow him on Twitter. No, I see some of his, uh, some of his feeds. And one that came across my, my Twitter account 
because I think Rob Stone liked it, and I follow Rob, was that I believe Joe Buck was offered a pretty fair amount of money to <laughs> to um, to commentate uh, during a porno movie or in yeah. a porno movie. And Joe Buck's response was only a response that only Joe Buck could give. It was priceless. And then I retweeted because Rob liked it. And then I retweeted to Rob. Uh, so at Rob's, I think it's Rob Stone on Fox or something. I said, basically, so Rob, is there, is there a reason why I wasn't informed of this opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition to getting offered 18 and over commentary opportunities, uh, Joe Buck has also been getting videos from fans about all random activities um, and he's just voicing over them and commentating on these random things that people are sending him. Okay. And last when we had uh, Dave Lamont and we had Dave Ryan on here as well, we kind of put together a little compilation of clips um, for them to commentate over and to make okay. sure that we can keep you, again, as sharp as possible. So when Bowen gets back on the lane, you're ready to call those matches. We put together a couple of clips here for you to commentate. So if you're, if you're ready and you're down for this, we'll throw these clips up here. Before you go to the clips, have you heard of a guy named Bob Mennery? I have not. Oh. Well, so he takes a clip. Uh, like, like, for example, do you guys remember the infamous Joe Flacco, Kiko Alonso, where Kiko ripped his head off? Where yeah. Joe Flacco was, was scrambling, and Kiko just came up and just leveled him. His helmet goes flying. Um, so this Bob Mennery guy will take these clips and oh, I do know who you're talking about. The only the only difference is he drops f bomb after f bomb. Yeah, yeah, it's hysterical. Yeah, like yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't for basketball. He doesn't for all different he does sports. For all sports, right? So, like the first one I saw was that was that one, and, and he said, uh, "Hi, everybody, Bob Mentory here at uh, at Miami Stadium, and I'd like to start by saying f you, CBS. There's better places I could have been this weekend. <laughs> I mean, and I, that was the first time I'd ever seen this guy. And I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, maybe he's a regional announcer I've never heard of before. And then all of a sudden, he drops this f bomb, and I'm like, howling. I'm like, okay, this this is a spoof. So, yeah. but I promise, no f bombs. Yeah, it's per okay. Good, sounds good. And I promise, none of these are like 18, 18 and over video. These are all family <coughs> videos here that we've got put together. All right. So do, do, do I get a Do I get a heads up on what they are? Or? Yeah, I'll, I'll preface them for you. This one, this one, we're starting it slow here. We're gonna gradually grow um, the level of action with each video. So this one's starting off slow, nice, easy, not too much going on here. You spelled um, my name wrong. I did. Yeah, it's oh, Ian. Matt, that's a rookie mistake. Oh that's yeah, that is a rookie mistake. Well, yeah. it's a good thing that it doesn't really uh, it doesn't really matter. So let's. Uh, <laughs> hey, this hey, here. hey, Matt. Um, hey, Matt. Matt. Yeah, it, it matters to me. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. And that's all that matters. And that's all. And really, that's all that matters. Is that it matters to you. So I apologize for that, Randy. I'll get that right. I'll, I'll, <laughs> how about when we shake hands finally, or when we dap up? I'll spell your name to you when, yeah, uh, that, when, that, when we do that. That ship, that ship might have already sailed on you, Matt. Just saying. Uh, you had one job, and that was to get my name right. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, oh crap! All right, let's get let's get into it here. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So, am I just going to talk over what I see? Is that the deal? Yep. Yeah, that's, the, that's right. the deal here. That's All right. The deal. All right. You got it. Here we go. All right, everybody. Here we are in Wilbon, uh, uh, Wimbledon, 
And apparently the dog has stole the show. The players have left the stadium and the courts because there's no freaking balls left because of that animal. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's, that's a good start here. All right. All right so we're going to let this. It's just classic puppy just chilling in the head. Heaven. So, All right. So here so we go. Sweet. Number two. Uh, number two, we're going to start uh, getting into some athletic performance here. Um, some of the best athletes on the planet are going to show up in this next video. So uh, let's just be prepared. It'll show twice. We'll show it twice so you can watch it through, kind of take us through, and then maybe uh, break it down a little bit more on the second go. Okay. So I'm supposed to be talking? Yeah, th these, are, these are your elite athletes here. Now, these are some of the most spectacular animals on the face of the earth. Beautiful porpoises. I believe that's an Atlantic Bottlenose dolphin <laughs> recently just freed from SeaWorld. Look how freaking happy they are. They ought to burn that place to the ground. It's <laughs> nice to see these fine animals and showing all their agility out in the wild. <laughs> that was perfect. Look perfect at that majestic time. animal. Oh, that was great. All right. This, this, uh, this third one here is, um, is going to be a video of, of th something that I think everybody likes. And if you don't like it, then you probably shouldn't just be watching the show because you, you, you're really just not, not a human. So, uh, so let's roll this here for you, Randy. Well, that looks like somebody getting ready to make a lot of people happy. <laughs> Look at the lusciousness, the goodness. That is pure, unadulterated love right there as it melts into the most beautiful specimen you could ever put in your mouth. That's right, the chocolate chip cookie. Look at it. Look at how savory, how golden brown. Oh my God. Where's the milk? Uh, that'll, that'll be, that'll be when we get you back on the show next time and I spell your name correctly, I'll throw some milk in there with that as well. We'll hit the jackpot. All right. All this, right. Uh, this fourth one, we got two more for you. This fourth one here is a little bit more action packed. You'll be able to see what's going on. Um, it's from, from one of the most well-known uh, world's championship events in sporting. Uh, that's all I'm going to say here. All right, it looks like we've got the South African curling team getting ready to go at it. Now, I promise you, these guys probably aren't very good because if there's one thing I do know, it's not geography, but they don't play curling in South Africa. Now, these four guys are trying to figure out what the hell is going on and how this game is played. That I don't think is part of the game, but hey, <laughs> just go with the flow, folks. Look at them. He must think he's back home in South Africa when it's about 103 degrees right now. He puts on this thing on his head. They're going to slide his ass down the ice. <laughs> look at them mopping up after this guy, and look at the concentration. It's either concentration or constipation. Not sure which one is going on there. But, yeah, these guys should never play this game. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> All right. You man, you're doing great, man. Uh, this is uh, the last one here. <laughs> and to preface this, uh, when Dave Lamont came on, we showed a race um, from, the, from the Canterbury Park <laughs> uh, extreme races that they have there in Wisconsin. And the first one that we showed was uh, Llama and Unicorns. And then we had, um, and then we had Dave Ryan on, and we showed him. Uh, we, he called uh, a zebra race, and so now we pulled up this own little special uh, extreme race for you. And uh, let's see, let's see, you call this one. 
just, just so you know, it, uni, unicorn. No, it's unicorn. Okay, thanks. Go ahead and run it. <laughs> okay, ready? Here we go. All right, here we are at Canterbury Park, and it's a it's an ostrich race. Holy crap! I've never seen anything like it. And look at the midgets falling off of these animals. Can you win without riding on the back of one of these things? Look at the guy in the purple. Ish. Oh, he's down for the count. How about a mouthful of dirt for you, mister? And the only winners in this race are the birds. Take another look. Here's a close-up of a man taking a faceful right there. Oh, and he gets stepped on. How's your, pan How's your pancreas doing, pal? Look at this guy here. He's just getting hit right in the face with a rump of a giant bird. Here you go. Boy, he looks happy until this happens. Wait for it. Wait for it. Rob Gron Ostritsky. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, man, that was amazing. Dude, this is like, this is where we need the soundboard here. That, that, was, uh, that was pretty good off the cuff, man. That, that, yeah, and not oh, knowing man. what you were going to watch. Yeah, that was pretty good. We're just trying to keep you sharp, man. We're just trying to keep you employed. Uh, this, this is our on-the-job training, just making sure those dendrites up in your brain are working, sir. Uh, I don't even know what that is, but <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure because of the uh, – uh, the solitary confinement I've been in for three weeks now, it's probably, most of those are probably gone. Uh, All right. What's next boys. What else you got for me? Let's go. All right. Well, let's, 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 let's bring this full circle here and uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about one of the things, one of the events that probably means the most to you. And we're not talking about the overplayed overwatched, over talked about eight pin here. We're going to take it back to a moment of your career that, um, that, Obviously, something that you're going to remember forever. Um, this is from the 1987 PBA National Championship. This is your first PBA title ever. Um, and you had to bowl against none other than the amazing Amleto uh, Monticelli, excuse me, in the title match. This is the 10th frame here. Do, do, do you remember this moment here? I'm, I'm assuming that you do. Yeah, that's my first major. Um, yes. It was the national championship. And um, I had. I'd beaten Ozio, Marshall, Holman. In fact, I almost shot 300 at Holman. I had 289 against Marshall, and I bowled this guy. Looks like uh, he's fresh out of Venezuela. And uh, I needed the first hit in the 10th to beat him. Incredible. And not only did you need it, you just you dead flushed these shots. I had a little Tomahawk 10 action. That wasn't bad. What was that <laughs> wrist thing you were wearing there? Oh, that was the God, what was that thing called? I can't remember what the heck that was thing it like was called. An incentive to to use it on the show for a bonus or something, or that's the only it's the only reason you wore anything on your wrist back then. Remember the old Dick Weber Wristmaster twos? Mm -hmm. They'd take all the metal out. Butch Soper would come by and say, "Here's a thousand if you wear this on the show." I think that was the winner. Yeah, that was yeah. right there. I think that was the winning shot. Did I need a I can't remember if I needed the first hit or if I needed a double. Well, I don't I don't think you could have locked him out. I think I'm let Oh, that's right. He got up and left a four pin to lose. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. What I mean, was going through your mind during this moment? You know, like would you would you rather in this type of a situation, would you rather go were you ever like a have a strategy where you were a go first in the tenth always kind of guy? Did you kind of see who you're bowling against? Did you like to put the pressure on the other person? Did you like to be sitting on the bench and have to double the win? What were you like when you were bowling big time? I was um, 
I, I was the guy that my first choice was which lane I liked better. Um, so that was my first choice. And then after that, I liked the, I liked the ball in my hand, and I liked to finish last. Now, obviously, I didn't get that choice because Amleto was a tournament leader. So look at look at the face with no wrinkles, and look at me now. I look like a Sharpay with a drinking problem. <laughs> look at how smooth and clean that face was. Yeah, well, oh, my Lord. The same. Amleto hasn't aged at all. No, well, he runs 25 miles a day. Yeah, okay. He needed two strikes to win. I think I don't know if he got the first one or not, but he four pins to lose. Oof. Oh, he yanked the crap out of that. Come on. Wasn't even close. And we have ourselves a first major champion. Randy Peterson takes it home here at the PBA National. We'll be right back to talk to Randy right after these messages. Notice the difference between then and and now, right? There was no hugging it out then. No, now it was just a handshake, and and now these guys are always hugging, and uh -huh. uh, I'm not sure what I like better, just the regular handshake, or you know, seeing the camaraderie with a lot of the guys. But it seems like everybody hugs it out, even if they don't like each other, except Rash and Belmo. Yeah, we turn it into the Care Bears tour a little bit. Yeah, he's hugging it out. Were yeah. you ever, Randy? Were you ever a guy that would like give somebody high wait, five wait, in match let's play? See, wait, let's see, wait for the hug. Oh, yeah. that was. That wasn't even close to what they're doing nowadays. No, no that no. was that, that, <laughs> that, that was, was like with your in-laws because you have to. Dude, that, that was a total f you hug. Yeah. That's exactly what that was. Yeah, I was like, yeah, f you. Okay, thanks. Make it look yeah. good for the camera. You know. Yep. Something uh, that always boggles my mind is I know when I'm bowling, I could be your best friend, I could be your brother, I could be whoever it is. If I'm bowling against you, there's no chance that I'm going to give you a high five when I'm bowling against you in match play. I'll give you, I'll give you like, if you, maybe if you make a seven ten or a big four, I'll like sure. say, okay, like nice, nice shot. Nicely done. Yeah. Respect. Right. Sometimes you see these people and they're bowling a match plan. They're like, Hey, good shot. Like I'm trying to beat you. I'm not trying to root you on. Yeah. Um, it was something that started, I don't know how, how long ago on the tour and, you know, during qualifying, everybody would, you know, you, you get a strike and everybody's hands out and I'm like, okay, well, it's just kind of the way it's done. Once you got the match play, though, that that there was only a couple of guys that did that. Um, for the most part, you know, I, I'm over here on sitting on the left set tee when he's on the right lane. When he goes to the left lane, I'm moving over to the guy. I don't want to be anywhere near this dude. Right. Um, now, like you said, I mean, if he makes a 710, makes a big split, whether he shoots 300, absolutely, I'm going to high five him, shake his hand, you know, congrats, congratulate him. But I mean, I'm, I'm fighting for my life and trying to get to the show. The last thing I'm going to do is, you know, give some guy five because he just tripped the four. <laughs> the, the proper, the proper etiquette there would be a throat punch, not giving him five. Yeah, absolutely. Randy, we, run a, we run a pretty interactive program here. I'm going to get to some questions. One question is Herb Lyons writes in and says, Randy, what's the reason you don't bowl much on the PBA 50? Herb, I've got bad knees. Um, three knee surgeries on my left knee. Now my right knee is bad. So I have to have that replaced. My knees are shot. So, and all that good clean living and um my knees are i just have bad knees man what's the difference between working with dave and working with rob two completely different guys i mean they're both great guys i mean rob's my man uh dave's a, 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 just a true professional and really good at what he does but two completely different personalities and uh um i guess it just depends on what you like um you know, I like working with both guys, but uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Rob's my guy, and if I had to pick 
one over the other, it's going to be robbed. Um, with no, certainly not one speck of disrespect meant to um, to uh, to Dave. Now it did say Dave. I'm I'm assuming is it Dave Lamont or Dave Ryan? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and it actually holds true for both both Daves. Both Daves are just wonderful guys and, and just great people. Um, but yeah, Rob Rob's going to be my first choice always. Randy, over the years, you've uh, you've worked with so many different play-by-play guys. Uh, you've had to train some on the, on the job, even as much. What, what's has that been difficult for you over the years, having to work with so many different people? I mean, probably, arguably, the greatest call of all time was a guy that you worked with for one event. Yeah, Gary Thorne. Yeah, strike to claim it. Strike to claim. Now I'd, I'd already set up that that tenth frame. But some of these guys always have to leave their mark. You know, it's like better than most, better than most. You know, that's all you remember, right? And I'm like, I'm looking at this guy, Gary, who's never called a bowling. Gary's an awesome announcer. But I'm like, hey, bro, you're stealing my thunder over here. I just set that up. Strike to claim it. I'm like, I'm going to strike you to claim it. <laughs> um, it it's, uh, you know, Mike, it really depends on on the person, the announcer, and how you know, how comfortable they are. I'll tell you what, Dave Ryan is a seasoned uh, announcer, but when we did that last show with the podium down there and he wasn't really sure what we were, you know, where we were going, what we were doing. Um, and I just kept saying, Dave, you're going to do great. You're going to be fine. You're going to, and then we, you know, we did our first segment, we go to break and I looked at him and said, bro, that was awesome. You did great. Thank you. And he, he said, literally thanked me after the show and during saying, thank you so much. That really helped me. That really helped me. I mean, keep in mind, you guys are a team, right? Um, and when I, when I worked with somebody, you know, like when I, when I first started working with Jack Kabowski, it was, uh, for me, I looked at it as an opportunity to make it my show, um, and really take, take that show over. Um, while Mike kind of weaved his way into feeling comfortable and, you know, as things progressed, Mike got better and better. Just like when I first started, I sucked. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that still think I do, but um, it, it took me a while to figure it out and to get comfortable and, to, you know, think about something as, as simple as we're getting ready to go to break. And sometimes I'll take us to break. Right. So I'll, they'll, they'll throw the replay up. I'll talk on it. And then I'll say, Hey, lots more to come from Vegas. As I'm doing all that, I got a producer talking in my headset, nine, eight, seven. That takes a little bit of getting used to. So um, a lot of different announcers over the years, a lot of great guys that I've worked with. Um, you know, a lot of people that have helped me along the way. Uh, had some really great producers that have helped um, and helped me get better. You know, I, one of the things I truly miss doing was, uh, you know, I got talked into, I think it was maybe season four and Mike Roth, our producer, season four, season five, he talked me into learning how to do interviews. And I, I was not comfortable in front of the camera anyway. And they talked me into doing interviews and Rothy said, hey, I'll help you. And uh, eventually I got really solid at doing those interviews and real comfortable and really looked forward to doing them where there was a time where I would literally look at my watch or my phone and count the seconds praying that we didn't have enough time to do a winter interview so that I didn't have to go down to the floor. 
And then now I'm like, hey, guys, by the way, if you know, Kimberly's doing that. If you need a loser interview or, you know, if you need me to fill some time or, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, that that took a while to get to get comfortable with that. Yeah, during the Steve Miller era, I believe, is when I started seeing you do a bunch of interviews, going yeah. back and watching some old clips. And I remember you would actually, you know, you had to unplug, run down, get plugged back in down downstairs. Right. Then it was, you know, pulling pulling them in. And I remember you interviewed Weber. For yeah. U.S. Open. And I thought that yeah. was an excellent interview, bro. I thought that was really good. Thanks, man. Yeah. You, I, it, you got into your you got into your zone on those interviews, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I like Kimberly now, but it was it was cool when you did that. It, it, at, at some point, you know, it's it became clear as to what the what questions you should be asking. Um, and I I would always kind of watch the action and and kind of let that dictate where I was going to go. You know, if something happened, I mean, people want to know, hey, what happened? What happened there? What were you thinking? What were you thinking? In the 10th frame there, Pete, what was going on with you and the crowd? What, you know what I mean? It's So you just kind of let the action take you to the question, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and a good tip for anybody that goes back and watches those on YouTube. But the other thing I liked about you is, is you always had on the big coat. And by that time of the day, you know, your sport coat was kind of a little bit, little bit not perfect. And, and it <laughs> always seemed to be a little bigger on you, too, for whatever reason. <laughs> And you would just you would get out of the way as soon as you were done with the question. You and the microphone just darted out. It was like the Batman walking yeah. away from this thing. Well, you know, and the, the reason for that is, you know, the, if the interview is over, they don't want to see me. They want to see the winner. Exactly. Get out of the way and give him his moment. Yep. Uh, it's, this is this show is not about me. This show is about the players, and my job is to. Uh, to be entertaining and informative while calling the action for the greatest bowlers in the world. And so that that's kind of what um, what I I'm trying to read this at the same time. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of my mindset each and every week, you know. Um, and, you know, some play by play guys make it a lot easier for you uh, than others. And, you know, that's like Rob, Rob and I. And he's so clever and so smart and so good. And he truly loves doing the PBA tour. And Rob's a big shot at Fox. So we're lucky to have him. Uh, let me read this question. Randy, any players back in the day you absolutely hated crossing with during competition for one reason or another, such as too slow a pace for you, bad attitude, too vocal? There was, there was one guy that I hated crossing with or bowling next to. And that was late. That was Ernie Schlegel because he was so he was so freaking slow. Um, uh, who was R Rash is tough to bowl, or he was because he boxed. He boxed a lot. He used to anyway. Uh, when I was still competing, he would balk a lot. Um, some of the guys that back in the day when they'd strike, they'd slap their hands like this, you know. And you could hear him if you were down on one and two. You could hear him on thirty-one and two. But because uh, back then a lot of guys did that. Um, but honestly, I, I don't remember a lot of guys I hated bowling next to or with. It, it was just the slow guys that nobody liked, you know, being near or bowling with. It was better bowling with them than next to them. Um, but Schlegel was one of the slowest ever. And I'm not saying that because I left an A-pin on him and he danced around like a drunk monkey. Um, <laughs> um, okay, I'm saying that because I hate him. <laughs> yeah uh other than that hmm. what's your favorite announcing tagline you use bartender make it a double that's actually rob's my favorite is a new one that i broke out at the world championship that really didn't get enough attention 
So okay. Mike, Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it at you because it really didn't get enough press. Somebody threw this massive messenger, and then we replayed it. And I said, and here, blah, blah, blah. and I said, and here's so and so doing his best Geppetto, carving wood. <laughs> and I got nothing. I mean, it was like crickets. Now Dave Ryan thought it was hilarious. He couldn't breathe, but. <laughs> yeah, and everybody in the booth thought it was hilarious, but I got no write-up on social media for it. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Doing his best Geppetto. Now, the only thing I could think of was nobody knew the name of the guy who carved Pinocchio. And his name's Geppetto. Yeah, it's probably it's just a, too old of a reference, I guess, in today's Maybe world. that's – maybe I got to get – I'll come up with like some little Wayne references or something, you know. I don't, I don't know. He, he might even be a little too old too. You might have okay, to uh, Drake, Tory Lanez, Drake. Yep. Drake's a good one. Everybody knows Drake, so I I would say Drake over okay. Wayne. Well, guys, listen. Just so you know, I'm looking for writers. So anytime you want to drop me lines, I have a, this memo on my phone of all these lines. Like <clears throat> I came up with uh, "Cooler than a polar bear's feet." Uh, his pillow, his pillow is cool on both sides. Um, you know, just stuff, just fun stuff like that. Just try to drop in. Try not to get carried away with that, but, you know, drop one in here and there and get people talking about it. We have a guy on our staff named uh, Gray Marshall, uh, the Ringing Ten. You may have seen the Ringing Ten on Twitter. Yeah. The, all the funny memes and everything. Uh, yeah, we, I followed that. Yeah, we brought him on board. He's part of Inside Bowling now, and he's the one that's been asking some of these questions. So, We'll get him on the writing, and I'll make sure I put you two in touch because uh, awesome. it's all that does. I think they're the ones that did the reunited bit with Rob Stone and I last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. was was hilarious. And then Rob comes to me, and goes, "This is absolutely brilliant. It's genius." He says, "Who who are these people?" I said, "I don't know. I don't know who they are." Yeah, well, we saw him, and uh, Gray's part of our team now here at Inside Bowling. That's, that's tremendous. Well, congrats yeah. on that. He's a great dude, um, Randy. We uh our time is up with you at this point in time, but uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity to thank all of those that uh, support you, what you have going on. I saw that you had some sort of, uh, I don't know, membership or something you're also promoting right before all this had happened. So fill everybody in on, on what you got going on. Well, we've been working on it for some time. So it's me and two guys from uh, the air, uh, the military. So two air force, uh, two air force guys, one's a captain. Um, and, so we decided, and obviously they're both bowlers. So we, we kind of worked on this idea of, of starting a randypeterson.com uh, website where you could download video of your game and I could use a tool that has actually has drawing tools. It's got a, uh, a drag wheel where I can slow-mo back and forth and basically give you audio critique using the drawing tools and uh, help you to improve your game. Um, so you basically go to the site, you download your video. Uh, we, we explain on the website how to shoot the video from behind and from the side. And then I go and I, I do like a three, three minute lesson, three to five minute lesson on both, on both pieces, on both, um, angles. I send it back, upload it. The, um, the military guys contact, um, the customers that let them know that their video has been, um, has been critiqued and it's now ready to be viewed. It gets sent back to their email, and they can watch. Uh, they can watch their video. Uh, the nice thing also about it is uh, there's locker storage um, on the um, the application that I used to do the lessons on, to where I could actually store. And then if somebody were to buy a series of lessons, we could then split screen 
and show the before and after at the same time using all the same drawing tools so you can actually see the progress. Um, so, and then also there's a, there's a small membership uh, area that we add content to um, inside insider trading information. Uh, uh, honestly, we don't do that, but um, <laughs> you know, behind the scenes stuff that you would never see. Uh, me interviewing Belmonte uh, an hour before the show or two hours before the show or the night before, me talking to Norm Duke um, uh, with with a beer at South Point, me, you know, just just in just kind of behind the scenes stuff that you'd never see, you know, telling telling the, the the viewers a little bit about these guys you wouldn't know. Cool. And how do people do that over at randypeterson.com? Randypeterson.com. Remember, Peterson is a D and all E's. That's yeah, right. Yeah. SEN for all you rookies out there that don't yeah. take your time to spell check when you have guests on your show. Make sure you get it down. It's, hey, Matt, it's okay. You're young. And it's a knee jerk reaction to spelling the spelling of Peterson. I'm surprised you got the D right, honestly. No, I, I see. I knew that. I knew. I was like, I know his last name's not the traditional Peterson here. So I'm not yeah. going to fall for it. I'm not going to throw that T in there instead of the D. Uh -huh. Um, I just I didn't take it to the full extent for that. I apologize, but I promise. Hey, I'll that's make it okay, up. buddy. That's all right. I'll bring you some of those fresh break chocolate chip cookies when I see you. <laughs> great job, and you're such a great sport on that. Well, thanks, I, and I'm hoping that this is this isn't the last time you have me on because it was a lot of fun. That was that segment with with that. Hey, do the commentary that that was that was priceless. That was fun. Oh, that was great, that's guys. Great. Thank you so much, and uh, stay safe during these trying times, and uh, hope that we can run into each other. Uh, without uh, hazmat suits on somewhere down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Randy. Hey, guys. Thanks, yeah, be good. Well, there you have it. Randy Peterson joins us today. Uh, got to know him a little bit better. We we dealt with some internet issues there for a little bit, and our Facebook thing went down. And uh, but but Randy uh, Randy hung in there with us, and uh, was a great guest to have again. Great guest. Great guest. Was was it that bad listening to me? Was it choppy and like you couldn't hear anything I said? The voice wasn't terrible, but the video feed was was Yeah, I see, I don't know. I'm I'm redes I talked to my, my family today in the house and I was like, why why you know we all work on this side of the house? Why is the router on the other side of the house? And then I was like, you know what, today I'm gonna I'm gonna redo it. And this is just the, the ultimate sign of the fact that it needs to be moved. So that'll be taken care of. Hopefully this whole Facebook uh, live will be up and running again back tomorrow. But what a great guest. I mean, Randy's hilarious. I knew he was funny, but I don't, I don't think I knew he was that funny. So, oh, yeah. Uh, really PG-13 today with, with old Randy. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's always a good time having Randy on. Um, and, you know, we've got a couple minutes left here. Yep. I, think it's, I think it's time to talk. You know, it'd be a cool time to talk about something, um, you know, something fun. Last week, you mentioned earlier uh, to Randy about the PBA mock draft. And um, and and you were asked to be a part of that with uh, Stu Williams, Chris Barnes, Jeff Goodger, John Burkett and Chad Murphy. And um, I want to talk, Mike, I want to put you on the spot here real quick. I want to talk about um, the decision that you had to um, pick the people that you did. And it was seen as very questionable in a lot of people's eyes. And, uh, I, you know, I see the reasoning behind it, but I think it's time uh, for you to talk through here. So what I'm going to do is, um, is I'm going to throw this up here on the screen. I can make this little video here for you. Okay. Share this, uh, the audio's here. So you should be able to hear the audio. Okay. Let me know if you need boost. But this is, these are Mike's picks. 
These are Mike's picks. Mike got five picks, and these for are the Milwaukee, picks for, for the Milwaukee. I got to draft yeah. the whole team, and this was my strategy. So here we go. Here we go. Ryan Simonelli. Ryan Simonelli is my first pick. Going with Patrick Hanrahan with our second pick. Patty Hanrahan right here. Matt McNeil with our third pick. Hi, Matt Sanders will be the uh, fourth pick on the Milwaukee uh, uh, something something team. We are going to take Michael Martell with our final pick. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Nice super cut there. Yeah, yeah, just clean, easy, super easy to do. So you drift, you picked all five lefties, all I five did. lefties. I did. Now, to some people, they'd be like, why is this guy on the stream? This is a joke. He's not taking it seriously. He's just, he's being a, he's being a donk. You know, he's not really, he's not doing it the right way. Tell people why why is that really not that far fetched? Well, because because if I if I let's say I take Rash with the number one pick and then I follow it up with maybe like uh probably Dick Allen and Francois Lavoie are gone. So then who do who do I take with the fourth pick? You know, um do I take a do I take a Chris Vi? Do I take a, a Darren Tang? Do I take you know, just just as I'm building this team, if you if you put these right handers against some of these pre built teams already with three Hall of Famers starting out as protects in my opinion, you're at a disadvantage. So I wanted to set up a team that has the potential to win if things happen uh, a, certain, a certain way. So um, nobody's ever put together a team of five left-handers in, in that league. Um, and if they get it going, and for some reason the left is easier or the right-handers, you know, right-handers, we're all stupid. We screw up lane patterns for each other. Um, I was just kind of thinking that, Maybe there'd be an opportunity here that we could win. We might finish last, but we might win. And I don't think that we'd really fall too much in between. It's either feast or famine approach. And then the other thing is, is it's all about publicity, right? And you got to get your Milwaukee franchise some publicity. So we would be the lead story on, on every show that we were on. It doesn't matter if Belmo's on the other team or, or if it's the defending champion, the Lumberjacks. The lead story, in my opinion, would be, and today, a first time in PBA League history, we've got a team of Southpaws here. And I think that the crowd would get around these Southpaws. And I think the Southpaws, because they don't get much respect, I think them bowling together with a chip on their shoulder would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. My yeah, opinion. I think there's more to it. And also, you got to remember, when you get to that level of playing, right, Again, in the PBA League, they're not bowling on the U.S. Open lane pattern, right? They're bowling on like a modified, easier condition. So when you put out, right, you put out a modified, easier condition, you get people that are in the top 50 bowlers in the world, right? I think you have to be on the top 75 list. So you're getting somebody that's in the top 75 in the world, right? And you put them on a somewhat easier condition. All of a sudden, the difference between, you know, someone like Belmo and someone who's 75th on the points list you're you're like you're there's really not much of a gap right you know like any of those guys can go out there and average 270 for a six game seven game block right you know crazy things can happen and i think that the left has proven to be good throughout the pba playoffs the pba league the mark mark roth marshall Holman doubles in that in that you know in the in the past um and so you know like like you said, feast or famine, right? Like what's the harm in winning one championship every three years, four years, five years, it's better than finishing second, third, fourth, fifth, and winning once every eight, nine, 10 years. Yeah. And, and I didn't pick Holloman, not because I didn't think that he was worthy of a pick. I just, I, I needed another guy that went about him pretty straight. That's going to be able to play left of the second arrow. 
And I really wanted somebody in that two hole that was going to be super consistent, probably wrap a few sevens here and there. I really wasn't looking for power out of that last spot. Otherwise, I would have taken Holloman. But that lineup shakes out kind of like the Simonelli Bulls, Bulls anchor. Um, the leadoff bowler is debatable, um, but probably uh, would be um, Matt Sanders. Martell would bowl second. Uh, Hanrahan would bowl third and Matt McNeil would bowl fourth on that team. And even though Simonelli has a high rev rate, he's got the ability to crank up the, the ball speed and just stay crank, crank up the ball speed. I think that's even an under that he can throw it a million. Yeah. So, you know, and the other, the, the big thing coming out of this and we're running out of time um, until tomorrow, but the one thing that I am interested to see is whenever this, this draft happens, is is it going to be talked about? Is somebody going to bring up, will one of the expansion teams take all left-handers? And will people think about it now? I don't know if they will or not. Probably not. People are too scared to do it. But if it was me, um, based off of who's in the draft pool, you got one superstar in the draft pool, and the rest of the guys are all accomplished players, but they're not top three Hall of Fame like some of these other teams have that have started that way. And I just feel like that's really important uh, to put together a strategy to win your first year in, in, in this PBA league. It's not about finishing third or fourth or mid pack. It's about winning the league. And that's why I took that strategy. Yeah. Well, bold strategy, as they say in dodgeball, bold strategy, cotton, let's see how it plays out. Um, and uh, unfortunately we won't because it's not a real draft. It was just a little fun mock draft. But Mike, do you think that you would actually potentially do something like that? If you were the manager of a team, right? And you got to draft your team. Would you do something like that from scratch? Yes. Yeah. But, I, but I wouldn't take that approach if, if I already had Duke and O'Neill. Okay. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say let's yeah. find a lucky yeah. protect and, and enroll with, you know, all of our, our two picks will be left-handed. No, I wouldn't do that. The other, the other thing that I contemplated was putting together a really young team of bowlers consisting of like Brad Miller, BJ Moore, Nick Pate, um, uh, the Tangs, Chris Vi. Basically the house. Yeah, I, I considered that approach as well. AJ Johnson. I, I would have picked AJ Johnson probably as my first pick on that team. I think that would have been – that would be a good play from like a media standpoint, from a promotion standpoint. You put the house, five people from the house all on the same team together. Um, because but I, I, would, I would have taken AJ Johnson though first, so it wouldn't I have mean, been quite the way that you did it, but I, yeah. I would have taken AJ if I was taking that approach of young right-handed bowlers, nothing to lose, you know, don't yeah. know any better than just to go out there and win. Right. Um, you know, then I, I, I could have potentially done that. Yeah. I think, that yeah. Was- I mean, I think, I think there's so many different strategies and, you know, and I think it's, it's hard as well when you have the best bowlers in the world, you know, it's like, it's, you know, you've, you've got great bowlers in any of, any of them, any of them that are out there could be a good pick. And it also kind of stinks for some people because you're being judged based upon, you know, such a, such a small portion of bowling, you know, when you go out there, you're getting only a couple shots a game. And if you guys lose in the first round, you're literally only getting a couple shots on television inside of that. And you're not getting as much experience and uh, you're not getting, you know, the, um, you know, maybe those the time of observation to, for people to understand like, Hey, you know, this person would be really good to have on our team. Um, you know, unfortunately, if you throw three bad shots and you eliminate in the first round and you threw three out of five bad shots, you're probably not going to be asked to be back again. Yep. Probably not. So. Speaking of being back again, we'll be back tomorrow.
Yep. End of our show for today, Matt. Went by really quick again, as always. Maybe we'll add extra hours once we get these sponsors. But uh, hopefully uh, we help uh, spend some time with you today and pass some time and enjoy some bowling talk along with uh, Randy Peterson earlier today. What a great guest. So, Matt, I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, right? Yeah, same time. Hopefully Facebook Live working tomorrow and uh, no spelling errors. So <laughs> let's uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, headed on over to our YouTube. We're definitely going to get this posted up on Facebook. Uh, so thanks again, guys. We really appreciate it. And we hope that you all have a fun, safe day. Yep. And our guest tomorrow, Chuck Gardner. Definitely want to stick around for that one. Chuck yep. Gardner. He's got a lot of fans out there looking forward to talking over with Chuck. Some Bowl for Life, some Brunswick, whatever else he's got going on. We'll see you guys tomorrow here on the Inside Bowling Show. See you tomorrow. Well, if you made it this far, that means you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks for watching the show today, everybody. Hope you really enjoyed our time with Randy Peterson. You know, this show was really the the, the show where I started campaigning about my all-lefty fantasy draft uh, for the PBA League draft that uh, will be coming up in a, in a few weeks here. And uh, it was fun to have Randy play along. Also, I highly encourage you, if you're just listening to this in audio form, to head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash inside bowling. And fast forward to the time when Randy does the play-by-play voiceover of the ridiculous things. I know you could enjoy it through audio format, but to put a picture with the words, you're going to really enjoy that one. So make sure that you check that out. After the show, Randy sent me a personal message and said he had an absolute blast. And I think when you book these guests sometimes, they go, oh, geez, i got to go up an hour of my time. What's this going to be like? Am I going to get asked all the same questions over and over again? But Randy truly enjoyed his time on the show today and thought that we did a really good job. So that was really cool being episode number six uh, that Randy would give us a compliment like that. And we will have Randy on again in the future, I'm sure. One of the other things I wanted to say about Randy Peterson is, you know, I think sometimes we don't really know how good he is and we take him for granted. You know, the old saying is you don't know how good something is until it's gone. And I think that's really true when it comes to Randy Peterson. I don't think it's fair that he gets compared to Bo Burton because it's completely different eras of bowling. You know, Randy's told me uh, off off air before in the past, just having conversations, that there's a lot of pressure when you sit as the color analyst on the PBA Tour from the networks. You see, let's face it, not everybody loves the hardcore bowling dialogue. And what Randy has been able to do is to bring in a new audience with a lot of the fun and humor that he brings to the broadcasts. I've spoken with people like Dave Ryan in the past, Dave Lamont, and they really talk about how Randy really preps for these shows as well as any analysts that they've worked with in other sports. So that's going to do it for our episode with Randy Peterson. Again, everybody, if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast or if you could just give us a little five-star rating, we would certainly appreciate it. Be sure to check back for future episodes, and as we always say here, stay safe and stay healthy, everybody.